It's locked up for most who hurry ahead And it's time to leave something behind All money is free but love costs more than our bread And the ceiling is hard to reach When my son is a man he will know what I meant Just trying to leave something behind I was just trying to leave something behind Auto Plaza Direct King's Court starts now Slayton with you. Glad you're along for the ride. Let me adjust our volumes because the music was too high. But we welcome you in this morning to the Window World King's Court, only live on KevinSlaytonShow.com. But you can hear us, of course, on any of the podcasts, wherever you get your podcasts, on Amazon, Apple, Spotify, Google, Anchor, any of those places, but just not YouTube. Because YouTube has censored us as they've censored everyone else in the country. And as I say every day, it makes you feel like a badge of honor you've earned when they censor you. Because YouTube is clearly un-American, clearly a Soviet-like, Pravda-like. And anytime they decide, they will silence you. The fact that they even enjoy that kind of power in this country is scary, frightening, evil, and needs to be addressed. But the gutless Congress, Senate, and House, they won't do it. So we'll do it. We'll just simply have our show everywhere except there. We don't care. No one needs YouTube unless you want a movie clip. There's nothing else there, right? Well, we've got a lot of stuff for you this morning. We're going to contrast for you what late-night comedy is today, and then play you some real late-night comedy during the break. You'll be able to hear the difference. And this is where this society has gone from a cultural standpoint. You can no longer laugh. You can no longer enjoy yourself. I feel terrible for the future 
with our children, our grandchildren, our great-grandchildren, what are they going to what kind of a country are they going to be living in from a cultural standpoint? They won't be able to laugh, they won't be able to make fun of anything. Because after all, the butthurt crowd, meaning liberals, will rise up and scream and yell and they have the big megaphone because they have the media. Once again, I don't believe the liberals have a majority in this country. I think they used to, but their, in, their own insanity has caused them not to anymore. Old-time Democrats do not favor this kind of thinking, this kind of belief. That's my guess. We'll see if I'm right. You're going to hear a disastrous performance by Karine Jean-Pierre, the White House supposed communicator. <laughs> if this woman is your lead communicator... You are in worse shape than you even thought you were in. And I'm assuming you thought you were in horrible shape. Unless you're blind to reality, which many of them are. We'll actually hear from a real gas station owner. As to the profit margins that these mom and pop operations make. You know, the ones that Biden is calling out and blaming for the rise in gas prices. Not even Putin anymore. He found out that was a waste. Not even the big oil companies. They answered back. So now he's attacking the small guys, the mom-and-pop organizations that run local gas stations, who, by the way, they don't make their money off gas. They make it off concessions, potato chips, candy bars, that kind of thing. Beer, way overpriced beer. If you buy beer from a from a gas station, you're desperate to drink because that's like ballpark beer. It's like gold, liquid gold. That's what it's priced at, so it might as well be. You should ask the person when you buy beer at a ballpark or at a gas station, can I take this beer and turn it into gold? Because that seems to be the only thing that inflation can't hurt, gold and silver. Charles Gasparino, who is a Fox Business commentator, will weigh in on Biden's absurd claim that the gas station owners are the culprit. You'll hear a Peter Ducey exchange with Karine Jean-Pierre regarding the Joe Biden voicemail that surfaced a week ago, proving once and for all that, yes, he indeed did speak to his son about his overseas business dealings and was in on it. Not that anyone doubted that anyway. And wait to hear her response. Beetlejuice is going to lecture us all on how to speak in public. And not to be toxic. And then we'll give an example of what she means. You're going to hear from the mayor of Philadelphia, one of our largest cities in the country, a Democrat. Under his watch, of course, has been running to the murder capital, just like St. Louis, Chicago, Detroit, Los Angeles, San Francisco, New York. But you'll hear what he has to say. He is officially waving the white flag of surrender. And all liberals should do the same, to be honest with you. This fossil named Howard Dean, I thought he had died, is telling the world that the Democrats should want Trump to run. Really? Porky Pig from over in Illinois is going to tell everybody what kind of guns the Revolutionary Army of 1776 had versus the guns today. We thank him for that. We're going to play a clip from an Australian news anchor. And it is broadcast gold. Talking about today's generation and Greta Thunberg, Miss Climate Change. And then you're going to hear the entire media complex of liberals 
making certain that you are petrified of your country and everything in it, and that somehow only the liberals can save you from it. You're going to love that because it is July, almost mid-July. So we're coming up on November quicker than you could think. August has the Missouri primary for Senate on the Republican side with Eric Greitens and Schmidt, the two that will battle it out. We should have uh, Senator Greitens, that's what I want to call him, on the show either later this week or early next week. We're just waiting to get his schedule. But they want you to fear everything. They want you to fear the climate. They want you to fear COVID. Oh, yeah, that won't go away. And if you're black, they want you to fear, mostly police. And you'll hear from a black woman who fears the American flag when it's flown. She's afraid of it, so she says. Megyn Kelly will weigh in on the true mission of the January 6th sham operation and on Hutchinson's testimony. And then Jason Whitlock's going to talk to us about this culture change that I've identified. All of that and more coming your way right here this morning on the Window World King's Court, exclusively live on KevinSlaytonShow.com. And our good friends at Window World, speaking of them, 314-993-1800, that's the number to call. They'll come out to your house and give you a free in-home estimate, 314-993-1800. That's what they did for me. That's how I found out about them. Someone had mentioned them. I called them out to the house they came, free in-home estimate. I loved what they said. I love their price. I love the quality of their products. And I love the protection it gives me from hailstorms. Hail had broken my windows. But I don't fear hail anymore because I called 314-993-1800 and I found out that Window World is the preferred window of the Blues, the official window of the Kansas City Chiefs. They rank number one in windows sold in this entire country. Number one. We support the locally owned and operated arm of Window World, where in over 17 years, just a bit over 17 years, they've improved the look and thermal efficiency of over 60,000 homes in St. Louis. Here's what I love about Window World windows. They give you a lifetime warranty that covers all parts, glass breakage, and labor. Now, they can do that because they use double-strength glass. That's not an upsell. That's their normal product. And what does it do? Well, it protects you from hail. But it also lowers your utility bills because your cool air in the summer right now isn't escaping. My hair, my house feels like an icebox when I come in because none of the cold air ever gets out. The hot air doesn't get in either. And vice versa in the winter so your furnace and your air conditioner don't run double time, triple time, 24-7. It's a beautiful thing. And Window World also offers you 18 months, same as cash financing with approved credit. 314 314- Nine nine three eighteen hundred, and you'll be supporting a company that supports charities. Window World Cares is their charitable arm. They have their big trivia night every year. It'll be in August, and they will raise, well, they have raised tens of millions of dollars already. Don't know how much they'll raise that night. So it's a company that gives back to the community as well. St. Jude's Hospital is one of their charitable endeavors also. Well, let's get right into it, shall we? Biden, I guess, was sort of quiet yesterday, and he should be. He should be in hiding after that voicemail came about. But that didn't stop his late-night comedy team from around the country, these jackasses who now pass as comedic hosts, Fallon, Kimmel, Colbert. But it gets even, well, I shouldn't say worse. That's a misstatement. 
it gets just as bad when one of them takes the night off. And then there's this woman, and I guess she's still A, alive, and B, has a show. Because I got a snippet from her show, this woman called Samantha B. Anybody heard of her? Now, she fancies herself as some sort of comedian, but she's truly just a liberal, psychotic, political activist. And she wants violence hurled in the direction of Justice Samuel Alito. Now, these comments that you're about to hear in a rational United States of America would put her in jail. She belongs in jail for what you're about to hear, and she doesn't belong getting out. It's not just about voting in November. It's about doing everything in our power to protect and help vulnerable people access abortion across state lines. And we have to raise hell in our cities, in Washington, in every restaurant Justice Alito eats at for the rest of his life. Because if Republicans have made our lives hell, it's time to return the favor. So she doesn't care over the past month how many times people have pounded home there is a law that prevents people from demonstrating in front of a justice's home. That same law carries over to restaurants. Well, not even that law. General harassment laws carry over into restaurants. And what she's exhorting her band of ten to somehow do, cause Justice Alito nothing but problems and chaos for the rest of his life any time he dares to go out to dinner. And what heinous crime did Justice Alito commit? He made a decision she doesn't like. Welcome to America. These are here, these here are your United States. Again, it's not the country and its founding principles that we hate. It's the people that run this government that we hate. It's the people in the media that we detest. It's liberals. Let's be honest about it. We hate them. I do. I detest the very ground they walk on. I think they're psychopathic traitors. They belong in another country. They hate this country. And here's the the kick. They don't hate what's going on in this country. They hate what this country was founded on. Huge difference, you see. I can talk a lot about how disastrous this country is run right now. And we're losing our culture. We're losing everything. Our morals. We're losing our Christian values. But they hate all of that. They don't want integrity. They don't want character, morals, Christian values. They hate it. They hate this country and everything it stands for, or I should say once stood for. We don't stand for anything right now. If you ask someone internationally, what does the United States stand for, they'd be stumped. So that's what she is. Now, remember what President Trump said we're going to have to fight like hell to make sure the integrity of these elections stays. That phrase, fight like hell, was taken by the liberals in the media and this corrupt January 6th sham to mean he wanted violence. Even though his words out of his own mouth that same day were protest peacefully and patriotically. But this woman can tell everybody, go after Justice Alito. This is the white Maxine Waters, as someone said yesterday. Get up in their face. Be violent. With a sitting Supreme Court justice. That's the third sitting Supreme Court justice that a liberal has advocated violence against. Schumer took care of the other two. Gorsuch 
and um, Kavanaugh. And now we've got Alito on the hit list. You could expand it, though, because Coney Barrett was on the hit list of the liberals protesting in front of her house. Kavanaugh was the subject of an assassination attempt. And yet people like Samantha B, a renegade wannabe, if ever there was one, who's amounted to nothing, somehow still has a show and makes threatening, violent comments like those. Jail is where she belongs. Jail. And only jail. That's where she belongs. Now, how do you put her there? Well, you have to have some balls. One of these prosecutors, the one you know, the ones that let all the criminals out, they actually have to go after her. And Justice Alito, if I were him, I would file charges against her. Now, he won't, but I wish he would. And if she's not bad enough, then you have this Chelsea Handler, another renegade wannabe who's never amounted to anything, who isn't funny, but sits in for the equally unfunny Kimmel on ABC and decides that the Trump brand and Donald Trump himself, Don Jr., those aren't enough targets. Let's attack the rest of the Trump family, including Melania, for simply saying I do when President Trump proposed to her. Which is basically opting to go to a gold-plated prison and become a stepmother to the four vampire children Donald Trump calls his children. Speaking of women I despise, let's talk about Virginia Thomas, wife of Clarence Thomas. She's the worst. And I don't want you to think that I enjoy bashing women. I only despise women who fall into one of three categories. They hate other women. They're married to a man who hates women. Or they're a racist whose cover is being married to a black person. And you heard people laugh. People actually laughed at that. That's comedy. In his 30-plus years on the air, Johnny Carson, I will bet you, never used the word, I detest someone or I hate someone. She just used them both in five seconds. This is what I'm talking about with the culture. It used to be you could go to bed at night and watch comedy, laugh yourself to sleep. Johnny Carson, Letterman in his early days, Jay Leno, Dick Cavett way back when. Now the only hope you have to laugh when you go to bed is to watch an old rerun of All in the Family or some such sitcom or Gutfeld. He will make you laugh. He'll mix in the news events of the day, but you'll be laughing. It's not Johnny Carson laughing, but it's funny. But these other people think they're the heir to Johnny Carson's throne and they can't carry his jock because the number one thing that they lack is they're not funny. In fact, they're annoying. They're like flies that won't go away at the picnic table, which is about all they amount to in this world really is just a bunch of flies. Just swat them away. The other day, Wuhan Willie O'Tala Biden blamed gas station owners for the high price of gas. Said they need to reduce their prices now, today. The pushback was immediate, not only from gas station owners or the oil industry, but Jeff Bezos, who basically said Biden's either dumb or he's lying. Jean-Pierre displayed that she could be both at the news conference yesterday. 
Well, here's the thing about that, Peter, is when you look at, um, as of this morning, when you look at the crude oil, uh, and when you look at wholesale oil prices as well, they've declined about 15%. And so retail gas prices, have, however, have only declined just about 3% over the same time period uh, as we have seen uh, with the crude oil prices and the uh, wholesale gas prices. And meanwhile, those same uh, retailers are profiting. Their profit have gone up about 40 cents, nearly 40 cents, in, in that same period of time. So what the president is saying is that everyone along that chain, along that production ch- chain line, needs to needs to make sure that they're doing what what is possible, their part, in bringing down the, the cost for, for the American people. Oh, really? So those little mom-and-pop gas station operators, they're the issue. That's interesting. They need to be doing their part. But what about Biden's part? He's done nothing. Nothing. He hasn't lifted a finger to bring down gas prices. By the way, gas station owners aren't the ones that set the standard for what they have to charge. It's the oil companies. But Jean-Pierre wasn't done blaming them. She couldn't stop herself. Look, we will continue to call on everyone along that distribution chain, as I just mentioned, from oil companies to refineries to distrib- distributors to, to retailers to pass their low, lower costs uh, through to con- consumers. That is what is important to, to make sure that we should not make, again, consumers pay first and get that, re- and get that relief last. I think she's kind of funny in her stupidity, don't you? See, we're lacking humor in the late-night television shows. But, boy, there it is. Front and center every day when the White House holds a news conference. Now, Sal Russovato is a former gas station owner, and he was speaking yesterday on behalf of those gas station owners. And he talked about the stupidity of, or utter inability to tell the truth on the part of Joe Wuhan Willie Otalabiden. Uh, they are not making any more today than they were making last month, the month before, or even a year ago. The president's statement is absolutely ridiculous. And in fact, it's so untethered from reality that I'm thinking he had to actually misspeak. Or he really just doesn't have an understanding of how things work. And I was quite frustrated and actually pretty annoyed that he would even make the suggestion that it's the corner gas station, the quintessential small business of America that is causing this problem. Now, wait a minute, Sal. I thought the liberals were the party of the little guy. Are you here to intimate that Biden doesn't care about the small business owners, the gas station owners at the corner of your street, that he doesn't care about them? So there's another guy. First it was Bezos, now Sal Rizzovato, a former gas station owner, both of whom have said the same thing about Biden's comments, that he's either stupid or he's a liar. Now, in your life, if someone said there are only two options regarding you, you're either stupid or you're a liar, would you consider that an honor? Or would you be ashamed of yourself? 
Now, most people I know would be ashamed of themselves. They'd look inward and try to improve themselves. If the only options that people think about them are you're stupid or you're a liar, that might be cause for concern the next time you comb your hair in the mirror. But Biden doesn't seem to be bothered by it at all, if he even knows it's happening. But Sal Rizzovato had a question for Biden and a scenario, and he wanted to know what Biden would do if presented with this set of facts. The best way to make the president understand would be to ask him a question. Mr. President, if you own a gas station and that tank truck comes across your driveway to deliver gasoline today, and that gasoline costs 20 cents a gallon more than it did when you bought it the last time, what should you do with the price on the pump? A, leave it the same. B, lower it because prices are already too high. Or C, raise it so you continue so you can continue to pay your mortgage, the taxes, the utilities, the employees, and your own paycheck so you can pay the mortgage at home. That question, I think, may help clear things up for President Biden. I don't think I'd count on it, Sal. This is a blubbering idiot. Now, it won't help that his vice president is Harris. It won't help that the Speaker of the House is vacationing in Italy while the whole country burns to the ground. It doesn't help that Schumer has gone muzzle silent, almost without comment, since Brett Kavanaugh was nearly assassinated on the advice of Chuck Schumer. Have you noticed that? Schumer used to be up in front of the camera every single day in the Senate chamber talking about this or that, destroying Republicans every chance he could, destroying America with his own words. He's gone into hiding because he knows that the more he appears in public, the more people are reminded that he advocated assassinations of two sitting Supreme Court justices, one of which nearly happened. That's your liberal party of today. Now, Sal asked that question of Biden, and Biden, of course, will never answer it because Biden wouldn't know how to answer it. He's too stupid. But Charles Gasparino is not stupid. In fact, he's on the Fox Business Channel. He's a very smart economic guy. And he had an answer with regard to why Biden puts out such nonsensical statements. Uh, there, It's always spin involved, but this is a particularly economically... I don't want to say illiterate, but a president that has that lacks literacy when it comes to the economy. I mean, it's not just on this one. I mean, this is so obvious. Most of the gas station owners are small business people. They operate on thin margins. You know, the minute that the price in the on the on the uh, futures markets go down, it's not reflected in what they've already paid for the the stuff that you're pumping in their tank. So, I mean, and they're not trying to rip people off. Mom and pops are not trying to rip people off. That's basic. Other basic stuff is about you know raising taxes. I'm billionaire, so, you know, we can lower inflation. That ain't going to happen either. No, it ain't. None of that's going to happen. So there's a basic economics lesson for Biden, if he cares to listen to someone who actually knows. It makes you wonder who around him allows these kinds of messages to go out, these tweets. You want to talk about mean tweets? Did Donald Trump ever attack small business owners? Ever? The answer is no, but you don't hear the media screaming and yelling, oh, my God, how could he tweet that? The oil industry fired back. Whatever intern you have sending your tweets out, 
Hopefully they'll take a basic economics class when they get back to school. That's how illiterate the comments were. And if Charles Gasparino doesn't want to call Biden illiterate, I will. He's illiterate. And he's intentionally stupid. He's been stupid for 50 years. He's a liar. He's a born liar. He's been plagiarizing and lying his way through life since the damn day he came out of the womb, which, by the way, he's against. It's amazing. This guy runs this country. Wow. Now, we know he doesn't run it, but he's a figurehead. And the people that run it are as corrupt as he is, if not more so, although it's hard to be more corrupt than the guy the Ukrainians with affection call the American gangster. Why would they call him that? Because he shakes them down for millions of dollars. But it's gotten so bad for Biden that even CNN, with their senior uh, media reporter Oliver Darcy, calling out the media for not calling out Biden. When did you think you'd hear that on CNN? I think news organizations need to be a lot more forceful and in calling out the president when he misleads the public like this. We know gas station owners aren't really the ones uh, running away to the bank when gas prices go up. Um, there have been stories in the past about how uh, low the margin of profit is for gas station owners on the price of fuel. They make their money usually at the convenience stores. Um, but there hasn't been a really aggressive pushback from the president from news organizations. I think um, that needs to change. Yeah, I'll say it needs to change. Now, you may never hear from Oliver Darcy, Darcy again. That might be it for him. He could be finished. They don't put up with that at CNN. Now, we'll get a real test as to whether their new owners are serious or not. My guess is they're not about changing that talk about culture, the culture of lunacy, liberal lunacy and lies that CNN portrays every single day. Now, Peter Ducey who isn't afraid of Karen Jean-Pierre, or prior to that, Saki, 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 asked Jean-Pierre yesterday about that voicemail that we all heard last week that we played for you on the show, where Biden is calling Hunter, leaving a voicemail that says, hey, you know, with regard to this Chinese deal that Hunter had worked with this Chinese tycoon who wanted to buy influence and power, saying that there was an article in the Times, we can only assume he means the New York Times, that was coming out that would be good and that Hunter was now in the clear. That was the voicemail. Now, remember, this is a guy that swore he never spoke to his son at all about his overseas business dealings, and then he said, period. Here's Ducey's exchange with Karine Jean-Pierre, and watch the little nitwit retreat to her binder, and then, oops, no answers here either. I can't read anything. Why is there a voicemail of the president talking to his son about his overseas business dealings if the president has said he's never spoken to his son about his overseas business dealings? Well, first I'll say that uh, what the president said stands. So if he if that's what the president said, that, he, that is what stands. And second, secondly, but secondly, secondly, I think you're clear. How is that not him talking to his son about his overseas business dealings? We're not from this podium. I'm not going to talk about alleged materials from the laptop. So I will. I'm not. Voice on the voice I'm not going to talk about alleged materials on the laptop. Are it's you not happening. Then that it is not. Peter, I refer you to uh, to his son's representative. Okay. To his son's representative, 
the question he asked you, are you disputing that that was Joe Biden's voice on the voicemail? Has nothing to do with the laptop. Wow. It's amazing, isn't it? She's now trying to claim the alleged materials from the laptop. Alleged. The liberal rags, both Washington Post and New York Times, have agreed that the New York Post scooped both of them on this story because they both decided to quiet it down during the election season and that the laptop is real and that the information on it is Hunter Biden's. Now, that's been verified by several organizations, including the liberal-run FBI, the corrupt arm of the United States of America. So she calls this alleged material from the laptop. And yet no one else says that. Not even Hunter Biden himself, who has never denied that that was his stuff after his initial asinine response that he thought it could have been Russia doctoring his laptop. He realized how that didn't play after the liberals had been screaming Russia, Russia, Russia about everything else. And so he went back to, okay, yeah, it's me. And I guess it wasn't him smoking crack either. But things have gotten so bad for these liberals that little Beetlejuice up there in Chicago has really gotten ballsy. She's now lecturing people on the tone of their voice in the common discourse in America today. She's lecturing you. Listen to this. People are losing respect for the institutions of our democracy. The people who are acting so brazenly have no, not only no respect for themselves, but they don't have respect for an institution like the police department. The toxicity in our public discourse is a thing that I think we should all be concerned about. We should all be concerned about it. Most of us are, but we tell the truth. We're not going to stop telling the truth. But the toxicity of the public discourse, that's what she said, we should all be concerned about. And that would include her, I suppose, when she says we should all be concerned about. Here she was just a week ago after the Roe versus Wade opinion came down and Clarence Thomas had written a concurring opinion. Yeah, she's concerned, overly concerned, it sounds to me, like this public discourse thing, the toxicity is out of hand, but yet there she was, toxicitying it all the way. And the word she used was F-U-C-K, Clarence Thomas. This is a woman who just lectured us on the toxicity of our language in the public discourse. To call these people hypocrites is doing a disservice to actual hypocrites. Hypocrites aren't as bad as these people. The utter arrogance of them is mind-boggling. They actually believe they can lecture us on our morals, our character, our integrity, the way we speak. And then you hear that screaming, yelling banshee telling a Supreme Court justice to fuck off. This is a mayor 
of the third largest city in the United States. One of the most despicable human beings ever created. I'll leave the jury out as to who created her because I'm becoming a firm believer that God didn't create all of these Martians that populate the United States. They truly are Martians. We'll keep with the mayor theme, shall we? The mayor of Philadelphia, at least, unlike Beetlejuice and others, at least admits, as a, as a Democrat, as a liberal, he's failed miserably in running the city of Philadelphia and is waving the white flag of surrender. Everything we have in the city uh, at, over the last seven years, I worry about. I don't enjoy Fourth of July. I don't enjoy the, the, the Democratic National Convention. I don't enjoy the, the, uh, uh, the NFL draft. I'm waiting for something bad to happen all the time. So it's, I'll be happy when I'm not here, when I'm not mayor, and I can enjoy some stuff. You're looking forward to not being mayor? Yeah. <laughs> he can't wait to get out. I've done such a rotten job as mayor of Philadelphia, I can't wait to get out and enjoy my life. Now, in the meantime, I've ripped off the city probably for millions of dollars. Check Jim Kenny's bank account and find out if he's a millionaire. My guess is he, he will be a millionaire when you check it, unless he's hidden it in offshore accounts with other mayors and other politicians. But here's a guy who's run the city so poorly, and we have to give him credit. He's a liberal that admits he's an idiot. That is as rare as the cure for cancer. Hi, I'm a liberal. I'm an incompetent idiot. I can't run the city. I can't wait till I'm out. Now, I don't know what the rest of his term is, but can you imagine if you live in Philadelphia? Aren't you wondering if that message was to the criminals was open season? The mayor doesn't care. He can't wait to get out. <laughs> he couldn't enjoy the NFL draft. Too bad. Guess what? Other people don't enjoy going to the gas pump. Other people don't enjoy walking the streets of downtown Philadelphia knowing that their life is at risk every second, thanks to you, Mr. Defund the Police. So that's one mayor down. Now what about St. Louis, Tashara Jones? Oh, no, she'll never admit she's a blubbering idiot, even though she is. These single-digit IQ liberals running these cities, it's not a coincidence all of them are running to the ground. All of them have exorbitantly rocketing high crime rates. None of them can exist financially on their own. It's amazing how broke they all are. And the one thing in common, they're led by liberals. When will old-fashioned Democrats, blacks, Jews, get the message? Democrat leadership is an abject failure. The Hispanics got the message. Now, I would have thought that Hispanics, as they've come in and assimilated into this country, no doubt struggling at first, learning the language, would have been slower on the uptake than the black community, the Jewish community, and the rest of the imbeciles who vote for Democrats. But they're not. The Hispanics figured it out a lot quicker. Maybe it's because they came to the country legally, earned their way, and now resent what the Democrats are doing with other people crossing the border illegally. Maybe that's it. 
Either way, the, the Hispanics have probably also figured out the abject stupidity of Democrats. Howard Dean used to be a fixture in Democratic circles. I think once ran their Democrat National Committee. I thought he had died. But he might as well have. He's brain dead. He actually thinks that by telling the world that he prefers Donald Trump as the presidential opponent in 2024, that people are going to think, wow, then Donald Trump must be damaged goods. I guess he's going to lose. Howard Dean wants him. What he's really saying is, if I say this enough, people will start to think Donald Trump's damaged because there's no chance in hell any Democrat will beat him. We won in Georgia, particularly in the Senate, because of Donald Trump, because there were a number of Republican women, moderate Republican women in the suburbs who couldn't stomach voting for this crook and this disgusting uh, person. Um, and they just couldn't. And that's happening all over the country every day, uh, the more stuff that comes out. So I'm actually hoping that Trump does run. I think Trump's calculation is mixed up with his illness, which is narcissism, acute narcissism. And it's also mixed up with a political calculation that he's not very good at. I mean, that you know, there are a lot of younger people in that party that are much scarier. DeSantis, for one, who just requires, just today announced he was going to require all students yes. in Florida's colleges to declare their political views. I mean, this guy is a fascist. Trump right. is too narcissistic and ill to be a successful fascist, even though he has all those instincts. Uh, and I think he'll be easier to beat than any of the other uh, potential candidates. Now, there's a guy desperate to believe his own bullshit. <laughs> I mean, it's incredible, absolutely incredible, when you have a guy who's a wannabe. Remember, Howard Dean once ran for president. Of course, he couldn't get out of the first gate, much like heels up Harris, and then had to withdraw very quickly. And he's another liberal and Republicans, the Republicans are equally to blame, who's so jealous of Donald Trump and his success. Donald Trump won the White House. Howard Dean couldn't win his own house. Howard Dean was a failure as a politician and is a failure now. And yet these liberal networks call him up and say, hey, what do you think of Trump? Then he calls him a crook again. Private citizen Donald Trump ought to sue this guy. I wish they would. I know they won't win because of the high bar, which needs to be addressed, but it won't be. But this is something that really is becoming brazen by these liberals. Show me how Donald Trump is a crook. Did Donald Trump shake down foreign countries like your crook did? No, he didn't. Did Donald Trump enrich himself from foreign governments? No, he did not. But your guy did, and then lied about it. So Donald Trump is a narcissistic crook. Howard Dean has no narcissism at all, of course. I think Howard Dean is, well, it's so hard to say this. I'll say one of the lowest of the low. And he's begging himself to believe his own lies, that we really want Donald Trump. DeSantis is a fascist. <laughs> he's a real fascist. They love that word, by the way. That's why their great Gestapo arm of their party is called Antifa. 
It's amazing, isn't it? Now, what he said was a lie about Ron DeSantis. The bill that the governor signed does not require university students, faculty, or staff to register political views. It requires an annual assessment of intellectual freedom and viewpoint diversity at public colleges and universities. So what it's telling the university is you'd better allow for conservative speakers to come and speak at your university. This nonsense of one size fits all and the size being liberal is over in Florida. It's a survey. It hasn't even been created yet. But someone in the, uh, the spokesperson for the Florida Department of Education said it will be voluntary and won't ask about individuals' political beliefs. Instead, it will ask whether individuals feel they can express their political viewpoints and opinions in their college classrooms. That's a little different from the way Howard Dean just described the bill. Howard Dean called Ron DeSantis a fascist because he's forcing college students in Florida to register their political beliefs. That is not just a lie. It's an intentional and willful lie. He knew it was a lie when he said it, and he said it anyway. That is the very definition of slander that a public figure has to get over if you're going to sue. And Ron DeSantis gets over that hurdle easily. And I don't say that easily because it's almost never possible to leap over that hurdle. But Dean knowingly lied, knew it was a lie when he said it, knowing it was a lie, said it anyway. It took me two seconds to find out what that law actually said. Two seconds. Unbelievable, isn't it? It's crazy. But he, they get away with it. They get away with it because they run the media. And I guess because no Republican will sue them. I would sue him if I were Ron DeSantis. The state of Florida should sue him because he's also casting aspersions on the state of Florida, which aren't true, and he knows they aren't true. So anytime Howard Dean opens his antiquated mouth, you can count on lies coming forth. Now, it's the same with all liberals if you would take the time to check their statements. Anytime they say things like this, All you have to do is say, as I did, Ron DeSantis? Ron DeSantis just signed a bill requiring students to register their political views. It sure doesn't sound like Ron DeSantis. That was my thought last night when I first heard this clip of Dean. So I thought, well, I've got to look that up. And as I say, it took two seconds. It's not hard to to find out the lie these people tell. First of all, they're lying all the time. So now they're showing a picture of Ron DeSantis on social media with a headline, Dictator Alert. And here's what it says. 
Ron DeSantis just signed legislation requiring students, faculty, and staff at Florida's public universities and colleges to register their political views with the state. It's a lie. Now, according to a report, Facebook actually flagged it, which is stunning. Stunning. (laughs) But Twitter decided it would lie a little more. They not only allowed the post to stand, but they shared a Twitter thread that followed the claim with the headline saying Florida students required to register political views with the state to promote intellectual diversity. That's not true either. That's another lie. They are not required. No one is required to register your political views with the state at any public university or college in Florida. It's unbelievable, isn't it? Participation isn't even mandatory. And they're not asking you to register your political views anyway. Again, let let me give it to you from the Florida Department of Education. The bill will ask whether individuals who participate voluntarily in the study feel they can express their political viewpoints and opinions in their college classrooms. That's a far cry from forced registration of your political views. You lying, MFing Howard Dean. You are low rent, about as low rent as it can get. And it never changes with these people. It literally never changes. Now, with all this swirling around, we've got shooting deaths in Highland Park, Illinois. We've got chaos at the border. We've got chaos in the White House. We've got a lying Howard Dean calling people fascists and narcissists. And I would say to him, it takes one to know one. But he wouldn't know what that means because he's not bright either. Do you get this recurring theme with liberals? They lie and they're not very smart. And I would add to that, they're not good liars. But Harris is doing her best to somehow dethrone Wuhan Willie as the most clueless person in any regime in history. Here she is talking about the shooting in Highland Park, Illinois, and about how we better take it seriously. You gotta take this stuff seriously, as seriously as you are, because you have been forced to have to take it seriously. The whole nation should understand and have a level of empathy to understand that this can happen anywhere, in any peace-loving community, and we should stand together stand together and speak out about why we should take it seriously because you have to take it seriously she said what what kind of a nutcase is this woman she's as dumb as dirt and if i have to hear that nasal twang anymore i think i'll hang myself and we have to take it seriously because you take it seriously, and we better take it seriously in the end, so we better speak out and take it seriously. I'm guessing she wants to take it seriously. It's just a wild guess, though, because trying to sift your way through the ashes that are the words of Harris and Biden is almost an exercise in futility. Having said that, you have the equally inanely stupid 
Porky Pig running the state of Illinois, Pritzker, and the mayor of Highland Park, Illinois, talking about how these shootings only occur in the United States. Our founders carried muskets, not assault weapons. And I don't think a single one of them would have said that you have a constitutional right to an assault weapon with a high-capacity magazine. Let's ask the question of why enraged people in other civilized nations in our world aren't committing these Mm. crimes. We know that this is a unique American issue, and that's why we need to take necessary steps. We need to have a much stronger conversation about why these weapons of war are still permitted in our society. There it is, the Democrat talking points. Assault weapons and weapons of war. For Pritzker's information, and this is something the liberals always say, you know, the uh, founding fathers had muskets, not assault weapons. They coined the phrase assault weapons. There's no such thing, as we all know. AR does not stand for automatic rifle, so that people know. But more importantly is the musket comparison. I love that one. Our founding fathers used muskets. Yes, they did. Do you know what muskets were in that day? Muskets were the highest form of artillery you could find in terms of guns. So the best, most efficient way of killing in war in the days of our founding fathers were muskets. And so what did the public own? Muskets. Fast forward to today, an AR-15 is probably the best defensive weapon you can have against government tyranny. And so people have them. I don't blame people for for buying guns. Why shouldn't they? I don't have to agree with Justice Scalia's decision that everyone had the right to buy a gun, to own a gun in this country. I don't agree with that based on the Constitution. But that's my opinion based on the wording of the Constitution. Other people interpret that differently, and that's fine. But to somehow claim that this right isn't there, even Scalia in his decision said it was limited, but it is a right, and it is a right. You can't get around that. The question becomes, is it unlimited? Today, with the Supreme Court ruling the other day, it is. And so to argue against that is, is like beating your head against the wall. As I said, I didn't agree with Justice Scalia's original opinion. But I accept it because I'm a law-abiding citizen that wants to live in harmony in the United States. God, what a shock. So I don't go out and threaten Justice Scalia's life. I don't protest in front of his house because I'm not an idiot. Only idiots do that. And if you're sitting out there saying, well, what do you mean? We all have the right to protest. Why are we an idiot? Because you're an idiot. That's why. Name me one protest, one in the history of America, other than Martin Luther King Jr.'s campaign to get voting rights for blacks. Name me one protest that has ever yielded any kind of results. It doesn't exist. My favorite, of course, will always be the Women's March for Women's Rights. That's my favorite one. I've, I've never seen a group marching for rights they already have. But I did with them. It's not very flattering to women in general. 
The Me Too movement, by the way, is long gone, aren't they? Where'd that happen? They just up and left. That's because too many issues were making them uncomfortable and they didn't want to deal with them. Pritzker. (laughs) And the farming farmers didn't have muskets. (laughs) To which Harris would reply, well, they didn't have bread either. Remember when she was asked if she's been, you've never been to the border. Well, I've never been to Europe either. (laughs) Now, you wonder, I started my show today talking about late-night comedy and how it's disappeared with these political hack activists. But the real comedy is in listening to the people that run this country. Yes, they're stupid. That's a given. Yes, they're political animals. That's also a given. But they're also funny. They don't intend to be. They think they're intellectuals. That's funniest of all. They think they're smarter than we are. That's funnier still. They're an embarrassment to the entire country. That's not funny. And they're an embarrassment to the international community. That equally is not funny. But the stupid stuff they say and do is funny and would be funnier if it wasn't so painful for us. But it's kind of funny to see a guy go into the White House and undo everything his predecessor did simply because he doesn't like his predecessor. Not because it serves the interest of the American people, which it most certainly does not. Facts will back it up. Evidence will back it up. F&E, that's what we're all about here, facts and evidence. R&D for the big pharma companies, you know, research and development. They charge an arm and a leg for that. I should start charging an arm and a leg for facts and evidence. And I would make this argument. Facts and evidence are much more rare when people are speaking than research and development of drugs. There wasn't a whole lot of research and development of this vaccine that they forced down your throat, or better yet, into your arm or your butt. And I'm talking to you five-year-olds. Who do you think you are? Taking a vaccine. Can you imagine you're a five-year-old, your parents, your criminally informed parents, tell you you have to take this shot. Later on, you become sick and you go back and do the homework and the research and you say, my frickin' parents ruined my heart. They ruined my life because they were cowards and they were Stepford people. Any parent out there that forced their five-year-old to get that injection is a rotten parent and should have their children taken, taken from them. To me, they're criminals. When you force a five-year-old to take an injection that is, by its own admission, not proven to do what it does, but yet is experimental, then you're a criminal. When you force anyone to take that, much less a five-year-old, who knows no better, knows no differently, and is following their parents' directives. It's sickening. But it still happens, and now they're going to try to scare you some more but that's what they do right Gavin Newsom decided on the 4th of July to start campaigning to be reelected as governor of California now this guy is a special form of stupid but he loves himself every day when he looks in the mirror he loves himself 
And here's what he had to say to people on July 4th. Now, remember, this is the day we gained our independence from a tyrannical country. It's Independence Day. So let's talk about what's going on in America. Freedom is under attack in your state. Your Republican leaders, they're banning books, making it harder to vote, restricting speech in classrooms, even criminalizing women and doctors. I urge all of you living in Florida to join the fight or join us in California. But we still believe in freedom, freedom of speech, freedom to choose, freedom from hate, and the freedom to love. Don't let them take your freedom. What an ass. They they lie. I mean, I get it. These people in campaigns, and they lie all the time. But the way they lie is monumental. Republicans are banning books, restricting free speech in classrooms. They're not doing either. Here's what they're telling you, asshat. I know you're too busy slicking back your hair to understand. That slick shit on your head affects your brain, apparently. Governor DeSantis said there would not be books in classrooms in Florida in the public schools that had this bizarre, psychotic, sexual messaging to kids, kindergarten through fourth grade. To Newsom, that's tantamount to Adolf Hitler burning books. That's because Newsom is a Nazi. And restricting free speech in the classrooms, he said. Really? That's a big one. You've got some balls, buddy. You've got a lot of grease in your hair and you got a lot of balls. To dare suggest that any Republican has ever restricted any form of classroom speech is insanity. Other than this, they are not going to have children be lied to about something as stupid and inane as critical race theory when reading, writing, and arithmetic have gone out the window. That ain't happening. So there's no ban on anything. There is a declaration of war against teachers' unions and political hacks who refuse to educate our kids. And if you think I'm wrong, I dare you to check what goes on in Chinese classrooms. Now, do you think for one second that anyone over in China is actually taking a course and being lectured in critical race theory. Do you think so? Do you think anywhere in a Chinese school, any student is learning how, well, if you're white, you're an oppressor, and if you're black, you're a victim? Do you think that's taught anywhere in any Chinese school. It's not. We all know that. We know what is taught in Chinese school. Technology. Engineering. Math. Now they'll lie to the students regarding their government, but they've already conditioned them by the time they get to school. But if you think for one minute that in China... Students are hearing this line of bullshit like the United States kids are? You're crazy. And ask yourself, does that help or hurt the future of this country? I think that's an easy one. Real easy one. 
So the answer is no. Those children in China are not being taught any of that crap. Only in America does that stuff get taught. They're learning multivariable calculus in China in third grade. Ours are being taught that men can have babies. What Governor DeSantis is saying is that is not, oops, I'm sorry, I had my volume down again. That is not going to fly. It's not going to fly. I know you're getting annoyed with this volume problem. I'm getting annoyed with it too. It's fixed one day and it's not fixed the next day. I don't get it. But anyway, that's what's going on in our our classrooms and that's what's going on in Chinese classrooms. Quite a difference. Speaking of children in classrooms, remember Greta Thunberg who railed at everybody about climate change and how disgusting we are because poor little Greta had to miss school to lecture us. Ooh, poor thing. Remember her saying these things? This is all wrong. I shouldn't be up here. I should be back in school on the other side of the ocean. Yet you all come to us young people for hope. How dare you? You have stolen my dreams and my childhood with your empty words. And yet I'm one of the lucky ones. People are suffering. People are dying. Entire ecosystems are collapsing. We are in the beginning of a mass extinction. And all you can talk about is money and fairy tales of eternal economic growth. How dare you? How dare you? People are dying. Hillary Clinton said it the other day. People will die from Roe versus Wade's overturn. Liberals always tell you how many people are dying, don't they? Anytime a Republican passes a piece of legislation or a Supreme Court passes a decision or a, uh, an order that they don't like, people will die. You know who's dying? How about little two- and three-year-old kids with seizures? It's only happening on vaccinated kids. And it starts two to five days after the vaccine is administered. And doctors claim they're mystified. Mystified. The only thing these kids have in common is they were given the COVID vaccine just days earlier. So that's who's dying, whose lives are getting ruined, Greta. But give it to the Aussies for this. The Aussies say, you know what, you little spoiled brat. Here's the answer for you from an Australian TV anchorman. To all the school kids going on strike for climate change, You're the first generation who've required air conditioning in every classroom. You want TV in every room, and your classes are all computerised. You spend all day and night on electronic devices. More than ever, you don't walk or ride bikes to school, but you arrive in caravans of private cars that choke suburban roads and worsen rush hour traffic. You're the biggest consumers of manufactured goods ever, and update perfectly good, expensive luxury items to stay trendy. Your entertainment comes from electric devices. Furthermore, the people driving your protests are the same people who insist on artificially inflating the population growth through immigration, which increases the need for energy, manufacturing and transport. The more people we have, the more forest and bushland we clear. The more of the environment that's destroyed. How about this? Tell your teachers to switch off the aircon. 
walk or ride to school. Switch off your devices and read a book. Make a sandwich instead of buying manufactured fast food. No, none of this will happen because, the piece says, you're selfish, badly educated, virtue-signalling little turds inspired by the adults around you who crave a feeling of having a noble cause while they indulge themselves in Western luxury and unprecedented quality of life. Wake up, grow up, and shut up. Carpe quadruple, more than quadruple diem, Australian TV anchorman who shall remain nameless. Love that guy. Love him. Wake up, grow up, and shut up, you little turds. And that's just what they are. Greta Thunberg, how dare you? Shut up, you little brat. That's exactly what she is. That other that other kid from uh, Marjorie Stoneman High School who survived the shooting who decided to, on the backs of his dead classmates, try to make himself money. Hogg, was that his name? David Hogg? Aptly named, wasn't it? He's a money hog, no matter what the cause is. And the cause, in his case, dead classmates make me rich. Pretty cool. Nice work, you doofus. It's sickening, isn't it? But down in Australia, where, by the way, their government is so effed up it's scary, at least the anchorman has some balls. Now, we talked about the climate. You just heard Greta Thunberg tell us that the ecosystems are being destroyed everywhere. I believe it was uh, Sandy Cortez who, in agreeing with Thunberg, said, in 10 years we won't have to worry about anything because we'll all be dead. We're now some six years into that, I believe. But here we sit. And so what do they want you to fear as the midterms come up? Why? The climate, of course. Climate is a code red now. We have to take action. We have so little time. We need to be sort of throw everything at it that we can. The fear monger is coming. Throw everything at it that we can. It's code red. Now, they're not stopping there. The liberals don't stop at just one thing to scare you about, do they? We've got midterm elections coming up. And have you heard of COVID? Oh, yeah. It's going to make a comeback because we need mail-in balloting. I can tell you with more variants, specifically sub-variants of Omicron circulating, more of us are vulnerable for reinfection. We are looking at the fall and winter. We're preparing for a variety of scenarios, I think. A potentially a difficult one if we get a resurgence of the infection. Ooh, a potentially difficult one if we get a resurgence of infection. Here's something that you should worry about. It's potentially going to be difficult if Moscow starts launching nuclear missiles at us. That's potentially difficult. That's so dangerous. I, I don't. I better start being afraid of that. I better start being afraid that people in this country can't even get jobs unless they've been vaccinated. Maybe that's the fear. But they weren't even done there. Not only should you fear for the climate, you should fear for the COVID sub-variants. Don't you love that? Yeah, there's not even variants anymore. Beware of the sub-variant of the sub-variant of the sub-variant. That's what's coming to kill you next. Just a year ago, Al Gore's prediction expired that we would be underwater by 2021. Here we sit. I don't know about you, but I'm above water. I'm not talking about financially. 
<laughs> talking about physically. We're above water. Just look at your 401k if you think you're above water financially. Thanks to people like Al Gore, by the way. So they want you to fear the climate. They want you to fear COVID. And, and racists like Tiffany Cross on MSNBC want you to fear cops if you're black. What exactly will it take to stop this level of execution-style killing of black men and black women at the hands of law enforcement? This needs to be at the top of the list for the attorney general to address white supremacy and those organizations in law enforcement and outside of law enforcement around the country that are targeting black and brown people. Give me the evidence of any police department anywhere in this country targeting black and brown people. Now, when you ask for that, They'll all, because there isn't any. We've been through the numbers before on this show ad nauseum. 2019, I believe it was, nine, nine black men were killed by police. Nine, after some 12 million encounters for the year. Nine, in seven of those cases, the person who was shot attacked the police. In the other two, the policemen were charged Arrested, charged, and convicted. So of the nine, two were what Tiffany Cross complains is nonstop. Two in an entire year. I know she's not good at math, but that's an embarrassingly low number. I would have expected it to be more even. And she, of course, conveniently forgets, denies, ignores that white people are shot in greater numbers than black people every year in this country. Now she'll say, well, that's because there's more white people. No, you know who gets shot? People who resist arrest, people who shoot at the cops, people who try to steal the cops' guns, people who run, people who cause trouble. No one who pulls over for a traffic stop gets shot. If that happens, the cop goes to jail. But if you pull over for a traffic stop, and when the cop comes up, you open your car and smack him in the leg, you're liable to get shot. If you pull your gun out, you're liable to get shot. I shouldn't say liable to. You will be shot. That's whether you're white or black, by the way. doesn't matter. So if more white people, white men, are being shot than black men... Why do we continue to hear this bullshit from people like Tiffany Cross? I'll tell you why. Because MSNBC is run by a pack of lunatic liberal liars. That's why. They don't, they're racists. They love to stir the racial waters as much as they can and then light a match to the dynamite that it becomes. They enjoy it. They're hateful bigots who love to have blacks hate whites and whites hate blacks. That's their goal in life. You think Charles Manson was crazy, right? Charles Manson passes as normal in liberal circles. He wanted to start a race war. How different is Charles Manson's thinking than the people that run schools in this country, the political hacks that are liberals in this country, the liberal media people, and liberals in general in everyday life? They are no different than Charles Manson. They want to start a race war. Now, if you bring Charles Manson up to them, oh, he's just murdering savage. He wanted to start a race war. So do you. The difference is 
you're succeeding. He didn't. It's so bad for these snowflake liberals that they freak out at the mere sight, the mere sight of an American flag as if it, on 4th of July, by the way, as if it's some sort of Nazi swastika. I was on Long Island this weekend uh, visiting a really dear friend, and I was really disturbed. I saw, you know, dozens and dozens of pickup trucks with, uh, you know, uh, explicatives against Joe Biden uh, on the back of them, uh, Trump flags, and some cases just dozens of American flags, which, you know, uh, is also just disturbing because essentially the message was clear. It was, this is my country. This is not your country. I own this. Uh, I don't know who the reporter was. Yeah, yeah. This was a black woman who says there were dozens of pickup trucks. Of course, that's code for Trump supporters. That means they're bastard-carrying guns. And I even saw a lot of American flags, and we know what that message is. This is my country. It's not yours. And there were explicatives on these pickup trucks regarding Biden. First of all, I would ask this dumb, illiterate black woman, what is an explicative? Would you please explain? Explicatively explicatively explain to me what an explicative is, you moron. So she's concerned about American flags on Independence Day because it means this is my country. I got news for you, lady. That's effing exactly what it means. This is my country. I'm proud of the way we wrestled it away from England. And I will wave my American flag until you vomit. I couldn't care less. And if you choke on your own vomit and die, who gives a shit? You worthless piece of humanity. You bigoted black woman. That's all she is. She's a race-baiting bigot. And if you don't detest those kinds of people, then you're one of them. Explicatives. You third-grade IQ-level moron. Can't these liberals trot somebody out there who can at least speak the language? You explicative idiot. Dozens of pickup trucks. You didn't realize that liberals hate you if you simply own a pickup truck, right? Did you realize that? You should realize it because it's the truth. They hate you. And if you carry an American flag, they hate you even more. And my God, if you own a pickup truck, you're white, male, with an American flag and a Trump flag, look out. You're in their crosshairs now, Buster. This is my country. That's what they're saying. Well, whose country is it? Is it your country, black bigot? Your country, you racist wench? These people are sickening. And they continue the lie that is the sham January 6th charade. Who knows what they want to call it? Hollywood production. Megan Kelly, uh, who I've disagreed with on, on numerous occasions, I think she allows her hatred of Donald Trump to come through. But even she has watched these hearings for a time. Not much, as she says, after Hutchinson testified. Kelly is a lawyer, and what she saw was a joke. But she also understands what the real mission of this sham investigative committee is. 
This committee has one goal and only one goal. Stop Donald Trump from running again in 2024. They're worried he could win. They absolutely loathe him. And they will do what it takes to stop his political resurrection. Just look at the makeup of the committee. No Trump defenders, not a single Trump ally, no objective trier of fact. We talked earlier this month about how they doctored the riot video and the Trump sound bites used at this hearing. And if this committee would just be honest about its mission, I might be more invested. I might be more interested. Instead, it cloaks itself in sanctimony, purporting to be a fair-minded, down-the-middle finder of fact, just looking to get to the truth of January 6th. It's a lie. And they prove every time they get together that it's a lie. Carpe diem, Megyn Kelly, echoing what we've said. Of course it's a lie. Everything they say is a lie. And then when you catch them in their lie, they say, oh, well, that's not that big of a deal that we left off peacefully and patriotically out of Donald Trump's tweet and statement. It's not, it, was, it wasn't intentional. I, yeah, I know we doctored the video, but that was accidental too. Please don't accuse us of being that way. It's a lie. The entire operation is based on a lie. And by the way, Megyn Kelly, there is no getting to the bottom of January 6th. There's nothing to figure out. People were pissed. They went to the Capitol. They decided to take their frustrations out on some windows and some doors. And that's it. No one got harmed except Ashley Babbitt and one other woman who was unceremoniously beaten to death. But none of the Washington police, and remember the liberals will go on national television and tell you that cops were killed. That's a lie. It's a lie. They live to lie. They live to lie. Steve is up. Good morning, Steve. How are you? Kevin, good morning, brother. How are you today? I'm doing well, as always. Great show, Kevin. Uh, I got a thought, and I don't know how it would ever get accomplished, but the way you put things in perspective on telling the truth and the way you come back at these people in in your demeanor, uh, Kevin, it needs to be a national broadcast. I don't I don't I don't know anybody that has the money that could start a network where you could actually <laughs> get on there and and say the things that you say and the perspective that's needed to wake people up. And you know, you you hear these people come out and say good things on Fox News once in a while or Newsmax, but they don't put it in the perspective that you do, Kevin. And until people start hearing it in that perspective, they're just going to let it go in one ear and out the other. I don't, I don't know uh, what else to do or how, <laughs> how to get you there, Kevin, but by God, if I could do it, I would. If I was, if I was Elon Musk, I'd buy my own damn network and put you on it. Well, but I, I'm not. So. You, you have made my day, Steve. I couldn't appreciate those kind words more. And I sit there and I think, you know, we're we're obviously swimming upstream. We're constantly doing that when you're different. But in this particular case, we don't care whether it's Republicans or Democrats. We're going to tell you the truth anyhow. And that's just so rare. It would cure cancer. Fox doesn't do that well, either. Tucker Carlson does to some degree, but that's about it. But the, well, that, the, the problem is in getting enough, getting the word out. That's the problem. The, dip, the dip, most difficult part for us on our show is getting the word out. That's why we've gone to so many different platforms. And yet, even still, you got to get people to know where you are. And that's the harder part. And I wish that there was a, a pipeline to a Trump or to someone of that ilk who has that kind of power where he 
makes one Twitter mention, and the whole world knows where we are. That's exactly right, Kevin. And and but but even more importantly, you put it in the perspective it makes people really think, holy crap, what the hell is going on in this country? I just don't think people pay enough attention to it. They just let it go in ear one ear and out the other. And and until they hear it in that kind of perspective, uh, I just don't think a lot of them are going to wake up until it actually affects them personally. And I mean very personally. So, I, you know, I don't know what the answer is, Kevin, but I can tell you this. I'm, I'm going to be 68 tomorrow. If this damn war doesn't start soon, I'm going to be at an age where I can't even lift my damn gun. Well, so, happy birthday, first, you know, happy birthday, well, first thanks. of all. But you're right. I, I was thinking the same thing the other day. You know, the the movie "This Is No Country for Old Men." As you get older, you start realizing that what that means, and it's exactly true. And those of us who would fight, uh, how do we pass that passion on to younger, more able-bodied people who could pick up the torch? That's and, that, that's the difficult part. Well, that is difficult, and nowadays you're finding a lot more young people that just aren't aren't inept enough enough to to do what they need to do. Because I think more and more every day, these younger generation, they're not even experiencing the kind of freedom that we used to have. No, and, they, they're like know, they're like children that grow up in a communist nation. They they expect it as the norm. Well, no, we don't have freedom to say that about a black person. Even yeah. a black person has the freedom to say that about us. But th- that's, that's what's that's going right. on in this country. You cannot express a viewpoint. I don't, you know, I don't care if your comment about someone who's black is as racist as can be. You have the right to say it in this country. Now, there are, com- there are uh, conditions or there are um, – what's the word I'm looking for? There are um, – some Circumstances. Certain, well, no, there are, there's going to be a problem for you. If you say something like that in terms of getting hired or, or, you know, making the proper connections in life, if you're running around calling every black person N-words or something of that nature, that's not going to work out for you. But you have the freedom to do it, is my point. You're exactly right, Kevin. And, you know, uh, I want to bring up something that I uh, my wife showed to me the other day that, and I know polls don't mean a whole lot, but Herschel Walker was behind in his poll, like 10 points against that moron down there in Georgia. I don't believe that the poll is really true, but I I don't trust it because it's Georgia. And you know what happened down in Georgia before. Yeah. So I just don't know. It, look what they did with Kemp and uh, uh, what's that guy's name? The chicken guy that was trying to run for Raffens- governor. Yeah, I mean, Raffensburger. Yeah. Well, no, no, the guy that was Purdue. He was trying to run for governor down there and trying to challenge Kemp, wasn't he, and lost? Oh, yeah, yeah, that's right. Yeah, and and he lost because Democrats were able to go over and cheat and vote for Kemp. And, you know, that, that kind of bull crap it just has to stop. But, yeah. Kevin, I'm, uh, you know, I'm, I've said all along, and I'll continue to say it, I, I ain't no deranged person that's going to go out and shoot a bunch of people. But, boy, if a war ever starts and I'm an able-bodied person, I got kids and grandkids that are going to have to grow up in this country, and I'm going to be there firsthand, ready to pull the trigger when needed. So, you know, that's just the way I feel about all of it. And Carpe Diem, that's a great show, Kevin. Thanks a lot. Carpe Diem to you, Steve. Thank you, and happy birthday, my friend. Thank you. Bye. Good stuff. I can hear his frustration. I feel the same way. 
Consequences was the word I'm looking for. A research assistant sent it on to me. There are always going to be consequences for what you say if it's out of the norm. But that's okay. No one ever said you're free to say whatever you want in this country without consequence. I can promise you if you go up to your wife and say you really look fat in that dress, there will be consequences. Now, you're free to say it if you're stupid, but there will be consequences. Or go up to your boss. Tell him every idea he's ever had is full of crap and stupid and only the product of a moron. Now, there'll be, you can say it, but there'll be consequences. But in this country, you can't say it anymore. You're prohibited from saying it or they'll destroy you. They'd rather you be dead. Megyn Kelly, after weighing in on what the January 6th commission was all about, then decided she would take full aim at Cassidy Hutchinson and that line of crap that she spewed regarding President Trump. You will hear that she, what she actually claims was she was in the vicinity, quoting, of, quote, a conversation where she, quote, overheard President Trump say something, quote, to the effect of, I don't care that they have weapons. A lot of qualifiers in there. She was near a conversation, not involving her, where she overheard something to the effect of. A first-year law student could have driven a truck through the holes in that testimonial. Unfortunately, none was present yesterday, never mind a full-fledged lawyer, presenting Donald Trump's defense or even just pressing the witness. Look, the liberals keep saying, hey, it's not a courtroom. Well, then why do you act as though you have all of this um, power around you? And I shouldn't say act as though. They do. They have subpoena power. They have criminal referral power. If you don't want it to be a courtroom, then don't use the powers of the courtroom. If you want it to be a courtroom, if you want to search for the truth as you claim you do, which we all know is a lie, if you believe that, I've got some underground, underwater land in Florida to sell you. Never mind the water. It's fine. You're a special kind of stupid if you believe that this sham committee has in any way any other intention other than smearing Donald Trump, whether it's true or not. They want to damage him so much that he can't run. Why is the president antsy about announcing his run now? Because of what they're pulling. That's why. I don't care what anybody thinks. I don't have proof in my hand of Cassidy Hutchinson being paid off. But let's keep an eye on her bank account. Let's keep an eye on whether or not she ends up with a GoFundMe account like Christine Blasey Ford did. Let's keep an eye on that. Let's keep an eye on where she ends up if she all of a sudden moves into a spanking new $15 mansion, $15 million mansion right next to the Obamas. Let's just watch her. Here's what I guarantee you won't happen. She'll never file for bankruptcy. She'll never be unemployed. Ever. I started off the show by talking about the culture change we're witnessing in this country, and it's not good. There's nothing good about it. Jason Whitlock understands that, and he goes a little further in getting specific. 
There's a problem with American culture. We are looking at the ramifications of a cultural rot. I think that there are a number of Americans and the science crowd and the cultural elites who believe we're the smartest people in the history of the planet, and we're really the dumbest. And we yeah. really think we've outsmarted God's natural order, that the development of children we can put on the back burner. There's, if there's a problem with your kid, Pfizer has a pill that will correct it. Exactly. If, if you're a woman, the most important right you have is the right to kill the baby growing in your womb. And so that's a message and an indication of a mindset that the development and the cultivation and, and the nurturing of children isn't a priority in America. And that's why these Robert Cremos are being created, because as a society, as a culture, we put them on the back burner. We told them we, they don't matter. We're telling young boys, particularly if they're heterosexual and have Christian views, that they're the worst people on the planet. They're responsible for everything that has gone wrong on the planet. You're horrible. Carpe diem, Jason Whitlock. Triple carpe diem, Jason Whitlock. God, he's, he's right on target, isn't he? This is the message that is getting through to young boys especially. And no wonder they feel a sense of desperation. No wonder they turn to these radical psychopaths. I mean, do you see some of the stuff on this kid who shot up Highland Park on his social media postings? Do you see the face tattoos? Yeah, I don't care what anybody says. This is my own opinion, though. It's not based up by any scientific, based on any scientific fact. If you've got face tattoos, I'm scared of you. I mean, if, if you're that much of a loon, I'm a little bit afraid of you, Yachty or Molina. I mean, these kind of people are usually, the, they end up shooting something. Not all of them. But this whack job, I mean, it, it's just, it spooks me. Who hates themselves so much that they put tattoos on their face? It's a little scary. So that's where this all ends up. It's all about the culture. It's all about the way they've changed it. I noticed it about a year ago, and I said so on the air. It's all about changing our culture. I remember it's a soundbite from Schumer as the runoff in Georgia approached. And he said, first we win Georgia, then we, or first we change Georgia, then we change the United States, and then we change the world. They had this in mind all along when they were stealing elections. We're going to change the culture of this country because we hate it. Do you want to change the culture of anything if you like it? Of course not. If you like traditions like Christmas season, Halloween, Thanksgiving, 4th of July celebrations, Memorial Day honoring of our deceased veterans. If you like all of that, all of those wonderful traditions, why would you want to change the culture? People have grown up, kids have grown up in this country. They didn't pick up guns and start shooting people. They were being taught reading, writing, and arithmetic. Some history, some civics. But now they're not taught that. Now they're taught how to hate. They're taught how to hate their black brother or their white brother. That's what they're taught in schools. And when you stop it, like Governor DeSantis has done, you're called a fascist. 
by people like Howard Dean, whom I wouldn't take a leak on if he were burning on fire. As a friend of mine suggests, face tattoos translates into crying out for attention. Then they go shoot people up to get that attention. And that's a lot of truth. It's a lot of truth in that statement. Why else would you smear your face in ungodly-looking tattoos? Because you are desperate for attention. And when you find somebody like that, you better give it to them because they might end up being the next shooter. But it's scary stuff. But again, these kids didn't grow up doing this when they were learning stuff in school that would actually benefit their futures. They weren't being told every day that they're supposed to hate everybody. If you're white, you hate the blacks because you oppress them. If, if you're black, you hate the whites because they oppressed you. It's, it's being taught. And I didn't buy the parents. So it's not by bigoted parents. There used to be, in back in the day when we were all growing up, a lot of parents who were bigots. I don't see that today. In fact, I don't see it at all today. I'm sure there are some. But now they teach bigotry in schools. Maybe God saved this country by bestowing the COVID pandemic on us so that the nitwit liberals would close down the schools and parents, concerned parents, could see what this propaganda their kids are being fed looks like. Praise God for that. And I would say this, too. Praise God for Taco Bell. I mean, come on, let's be serious about it. Where else do you get a dollar crave menu, a $5 crave menu? Where else can you get breakfast, lunch, dinner, late night? And a late night is meaningful at Taco Bell. The crowds are there. When you get breakfast at a locally owned and operated Taco Bell, you can get a grilled breakfast burrito with bacon bits for a buck. You can get a double stuffed taco for a dollar, a grande burrito for a dollar. You can get a breakfast quesadilla for under $2. With steak, you can get it for under 3 Two different AM crunch wraps and a grande scrambler, all of those things are under $3. The $5 Crave menu is there. It is what it says it is. It's a little bit more food than the dollar Crave menu. How about a triple-double crunch wrap with two tacos and a soft drink for 5 bucks in a box? That's the $5 Crave menu. Tons of items on both. I support locally owned and operated Taco Bell locations. Here's where they are in our area, in Missouri. You'll find them in the Chesterfield Valley, in Washington, Cape Girardeau, Jackson, St. Clair, Union. In Illinois, they're in Waterloo, Decatur, Springfield, DuCoin, Carbondale, Salem, Troy, Jerseyville, and Columbia. Those are all locally owned and operated Taco Bell locations. And I promise you at the top of the show, when I gave you examples of what passes as late-night comedy today, it's nothing but hack third-rate political activists who hate America. Here's Johnny Carson, who was funny. I've played this before, but it's been a while. Portraying a candidate running for office and holding a news conference. Good afternoon. There, as you know, have been charges alleged by the media and by my opponent that I have made false statements. You and the media have challenged me to prove that these allegations are unfounded by appearing at this televised press conference and answering your questions while hooked up to a lie detector machine. I'm going to ask Officer Dennehy of the Polygraph Division of the Los Angeles Police Department 
to come out here and please explain this procedure. Sergeant Dennehy. This is a standard polygraph machine. <laughs> you place this around the wrist so how it works is if the subject responds with a falsehood, you will hear this sound. Good luck. Thank you, Sergeant. First of all, I'd like to say that I'm delighted to be here. I, I don't mind being here. I was, I was forced to be here. I'll... I will take the first question. Yes. Congressman, uh, your opponent says that you've distorted certain facts about your background. That is not true. I was born Philip Cabot Swarthmore III. <laughs> Philip Cabot Swarthmore II. My name is Sticky Frostheimer. <laughs> Congressman. Yes. The charge has been made that you falsified your educational background. I graduated from Harvard University. I went two years to Harvard. One year at Harvard. I took a summer session at Harvard. I was held back in the eighth grade. All right, the fourth grade. Congressman, it appears to me you've taken every opportunity during this campaign to slander the character of your opponent. Nonsense. I feel my opponent is a decent man. He's an okay man. He's a man. He's bisexual. <laughs> yes. Isn't it true that you won't subsidize heating bills for our senior citizens this winter? Absolutely not. No one is more concerned about our senior citizens than I am. There may be some small cutbacks, some big cutbacks. They're going to freeze their... Congressman. Yes. It's been alleged that your major contributors are corporate fat cats. That is not true. All of my contributions come from the small working man. From the from the middle class. It's all from the mafia. Congressman, what's yes. your position on equal rights for women? My position on equal rights for women. I'm glad you asked that. I look forward toward a day when all Americans are equal regardless of sex. I'm looking toward a day when they're kind of equal. I'm looking at your boobs. Congressman. Yes. There have been rumors that you're having marital problems. Nonsense. I've been happily married for 25 years. I've never been with another woman. Once. All right. Last night I had six Chinese girls on a forklift truck. Are you sick? Are you a bribe-taking, gay, <laughs> communist, peeping Tom, wife-beater? No, 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 no. <laughs> Two out of five ain't bad. Four out of five ain't bad. In conclusion, if I'm elected, I'll be the most honest candidate ever elected. You can trust me.
Kevin Slayton with you. Glad you're with us on this Wednesday morning, hump day. Our phone lines are open, 636-538-0746, 636-538-0746. I hope you enjoyed the Mighty Carson Art Players and Johnny Carson. That stuff never gets old. That's comedy. I venture to say you'll never see segments like that on The Tonight Show, on Kimmel's show, or on Colbert's show. Never. You will never, ever again see anything like that. And how dare him say, all right, I was with six Chinese women on a forklift last night. That would end your career. Saying I was looking at your boobs. That would end your career. I always get a kick out of women who wear a very low-cut top and some guys staring at it. And they say, what are you looking at? If I were him, I would say exactly what you want me to look at. I mean, the stupidity reigns in this country. The double standards reign. It's it's ungodly how ridiculous we are. But that's all about the culture change. Our phone lines are open, 636-538-0746. It is amazing when you say to yourself, wow, it truly is all about changing the culture. Once the culture is changed, certain segments of the population become prisoners. In this country today, white men are the prisoners. That's quite a change from the way it used to be. We all understand what took place between blacks and whites back in the bigoted days as we were getting older through the 50s, through the, well, not me, but through the 50s, through the 60s. In the 60s, we all knew. But it started to change. And the culture of bigotry changed. Now, my father, who died in 2004, was born 90 years before that. Now, what does that tell you? He wasn't a bigot. And a lot, the 90% of the population. Maybe 95, 98% wasn't. But the ones that were made it really bad. And we got past that. Good morning. You're on the Window World Kings Court. How are you? Hey, Kevin. Um, I just wanted to bring up briefly something I think you mentioned uh, yesterday. Yes. And that was about, uh, I don't know how to put this any other way, but uh, women bitching a lot. Uh, Of course, not all women, but in our culture, that's the way it is. And... It's odd that about 30 years ago, uh, a book came out called Spin Sisters. And it was written by a woman who was a former editor-in-chief of the Ladies' Home Journal. And she and other uh, former editors of women's magazines, such as uh, Red Book, McCall's, uh, several others. In this book, they all admitted that for many, many years... They they played this scam on women by convincing them uh, that they were victims. Um, the way they put it in the in the jacket cover was uh, these women uh, sold uh, liberal do-gooder women uh, by characterizing them as victims and. That seemed to work because that has not, that's been going on for 30 years. Victim, victim, victim. Uh, 
Yeah, I was just going to say, the victimhood in America is running rampant. There's always a group of victims, and it's always the victims who are screaming the loudest and who get the most attention, when the fact is there are very few victims in this country, unless you're a victim of crime. That's a little different story, but what we're talking about is victims of society. That really doesn't happen much anymore. Are there some? Of course there are. But look, I'm a believer, and all you have to do is look at the people that grew up in abject poverty who make a success of themselves. If you want to do something and in this country, you have the opportunity to do it. Now, you may not have the opportunity today that we used to have. I will, I will uh, go ahead and uh, admit to that. That's true. The opportunities are more slim today than they were before. But you still have it, and it's up to you how you take it. Yeah, what I, what I overlooked there a minute ago, what I wanted to say was the subhead on this book is how the women of the media – sell unhappiness and liberalism to the women of America. Well, that's true. So I don't think that that book got very much play in the media. In fact, uh, I was working for a newspaper back then, and I suggested uh, that we run a a pretty good-sized story on this, and uh, I was overruled because women were running the uh, feature section at that time. Uh, another Another thing that came out pretty close to 30 years ago there was a study done by two women in the Pacific Northwest. It might have been at the University of Washington or Washington State. And this study came out and said that in the case of domestic incidents, women initiate between 75 and 80% of those incidents by throwing something at the man, uh, by hitting the man, and then it escalates from there. And, uh, I wanted to get that in the newspaper also, and I was, again, no, no, we're not going to use that. Yeah, you're overruled because you wanted to put facts based on data studies into the newspaper. It it is amazing how these judgments are made. And just in, in very infrequent cases where I've been representing someone who's had a situation like that, not one was initiated by the man, not one. So that's not to say that they're not, because we know they are, but it certainly gets the overplay if a man does something. That's not to excuse any kind of domestic assault or domestic behavior like that. But let's not excuse the female's role either, because as you point out, when a study tells you that 75% of them were initiated by the woman, that's groundbreaking. Yeah, and it was basically ignored, as you might imagine. Sure it was, because it doesn't fit the narrative that they want out there. You know, rather than just come clean about all of it, they always have to hide and, and pick their own agendas. That's the media. In my, in my lifetime, that's what the media does. It's an agenda-driven business. It's never been more so than it is today, but it really is today. It sure is. Uh, it's getting stronger every year, too. Yeah. And uh, and that's not a good thing, Ron. Be, you, know, you, you, you come up in the newspaper business. I've come up in the broadcasting business. Walter Cronkite has often said, you know, that these young whippersnappers, as he calls them, need a lesson in, in what is important in the news business. And it isn't your opinions. Uh, if you're a straight news reporter, uh, if, if you do an opinion show, that's a different story. But if you do uh, as a straight news reporter, you're giving your personal views. There's no place for that. None. Unfortunately, we don't have any straight news anymore. Yeah, if you look at the, like our local newspaper, almost every day there's a negative story about Trump. 
Just about every, every day. You're every, right. Almost every day. And you never see anything negative about Biden. Yeah. Imagine that, by the way. And, and the, when there was so much negative about him going on. And the fact is, there's a lot of positive about Trump. A lot of positive. All I have to do is examine his record as president. You mean to tell me you can't find one good thing to talk about? But it's it's clear, and it's clearly an agenda. The media is agenda-driven, and they hate Donald Trump. I think Megyn Kelly was right in this clip I played this morning. They loathe him so much. And, the, and of course, the media takes their cues from the liberal political hacks. They loathe him because he beat them because he exposed them. And this is a lesson, really, Ron, I believe, to anybody trying to run for office. If you expose us and what we're up to, you'll be treated the exact same way. Well, you and I both went to the uh, Missouri School of Journalism, and we never could have imagined uh, that it would turn out this way. Never, never, never. ever would I have imagined this. I always thought, yep. naively perhaps, but I always thought that at least the media will keep people honest. That's that's really their mission, but they have failed miserably at it. And then once in a while you'll hear uh, or read that a professor at some journalism school will say that uh, the time for impartial uh, coverage are over. It's time to be a social activist. They what? actually re- advocate that. Oh, yeah, they do. I can tell you. <laughs> I know people whose children go to Mizzou's journalism school, which was the diamond of journalism schools when you and I were going to it, in this country. And people respected it that way. But now the kids are told, if you want any kind of a career or a future in journalism, you better start adopting a left-leaning philosophy. Yeah. It's sad. Well, it's too bad. It's, it's, It's just sad. It's pathetic. It really is pathetic. And that's why I say when I started the show today, this, this is all about culture change. Once the culture changes mm-hmm. and once they once they change it, and the way to change it is through the media, then it's hard to get it back. Well, I just thought I'd bring those two things up. So I'm glad uh, you did. Thanks for letting me on, Ken. Thank you, Ron. Appreciate the all call. Right, bye. Bye-bye bye. now. Yeah, that's amazing, isn't it? And he's right. These journalism schools advocate that stuff. They're not just okay with it. They encourage it. And that's why we're where we are. When you have a big slob like Michael Moore running around getting media coverage for saying something like this, until women's rights have been fully reinstated, I will not shut up about this. If you invite me to dinner, that's all I'm going to talk about. Have me over to your party, and it's going to be Dobbs, Dobbs, and more Dobbs. Dobbs was the case where the Supreme Court overruled Roe versus Wade. If we invite you over for dinner, first of all, how could we afford to have you over for dinner? Even before food prices rose through the roof, we couldn't afford Michael Moore for dinner. Good God. And who would invite you anyway? Who wants to hear your nonstop blather? Women's rights reinstated. Shut up. Maybe they're trying to pit men against women now. That's possible. Because I don't know of a single guy, not one male, who isn't fed up with this bullcrap. They're sick of the women's rights marches. They're sick of the Roe versus Wade crap. They're sick of hearing how women, women, women don't have these rights. Men are sick of it. So maybe that's the liberals' new goal. They couldn't win pitting the blacks and the whites against each other. Now they want to pit men against women. 
Always look for the agenda when something so ridiculous comes out. This 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 desire to be known only for killing babies in your womb is really bizarre. So you think to yourself, okay, what's the agenda? There's got to be one, right? Well, maybe the agenda is pitting men against women. They want women and men to hate each other. First of all, liberal women love that because no one likes them anyway. I mean, do you know of a liberal woman that you want to engage in a conversation for more than two seconds? I don't. I, I really don't. Now, liberal men are just as bad probably, but the liberal women are the ones who are posting all over social medias. You don't see the liberal men doing it that much, but they're there. They're there. But it's pathetic. This kind of, the, the female industry of bitching is alive and well. It is alive and well. It's this or that. You're taking the rights away from me. Yeah, 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 yeah. Nobody took anything away from you. If you still want to kill your baby, you can kill it. In many states. It's sickening. And there are plenty of women who are fed up with it. And if you know women who are fed up with it, then you know the right kind of women. That's the way I look at it. I don't want to know those other people. I don't want to know these women who wake up bitching and screaming and yelling about some right they supposedly lost. Go to hell. Tired of hearing you. Get out and get a job. Shut up and go to work. That's what men do. They shut up and they go to work. They don't constantly bitch about, you know, how come when I have a baby I can't get some time off work? Because that's the way it is. You know, companies can't be giving everybody in the world time off. The mother has long been recognized as the primary caretaker. Now, in many instances, that's not true. Every rule has an exception. But that is the general rule. That's why more often than not, women get custody in divorce cases. So, if the baby is born, the woman gets the time off. That's okay by me. But don't sit there and tell me you don't have any rights. Uh, You better get your rights back. Shut up. So it's the culture, folks, that has been hijacked. And if we don't steal it back, we're in deep trouble. Not us. We'll be dead. But our kids, our grandkids, our great-grandkids, good luck. There will, But you know what will happen? If we aren't going to do it, if we aren't going to do it, the younger generation will do it. They'll stand up and say at some point, enough's enough, we will fight. And there will be another civil war or another revolution in this country. There isn't any question about it. It's only when. That's the only issue. When will it happen? Because it's coming. That's going to wrap us for today, but we're back fighting the good fight for you again tomorrow morning, 7 o'clock, right here on KevinSlaytonShow.com in the Window World King's Court. Now, you can hear us on podcast here or anywhere you listen to podcasts, and that includes Amazon, Apple, Google, Spotify, Anchor. Just remember, don't go to YouTube because as a card-carrying proud man, we're not on YouTube. They don't want us. Tells you about them, not about us. All right, folks. Love you, Mom. Love you, Dad. Love you, Maureen. So long, everyone. Ah!